Hey folks, this is Mr. Bill from Classic Christian Rock Radio, and you're listening to The Wild Man and Steve. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve Show starts right now. Welcome, everybody, to the Wild Man and Steve show. Um, however, you're just stuck with Wild Man today, and some of our fans will like that. Some of them may not, and we'll just have to deal with that. Um, but I am honored today to welcome three amazing musicians on the podcast today. We have Frederick and Zarley from Soundless Whisper, and then we have their guest vocalist on four of their tracks, John Schlitt himself, um, as many of you know, who is my hero. Everybody, welcome to the program. How are you all doing today? Doing great, Wild Man. Uh, yeah, it's uh, always a pleasure to be able to talk to you and to be with my friends here who I've actually visually first met about uh, three minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how, how technology uh, assists with being able to do projects like this nowadays, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and these two, they're go-getters. It's uh, They worked hard to, to get this going and uh, uh, it was a I love seeing seeing uh, people that believe in what they're doing and they go for it. And uh, they worked hard to get uh, to get me part of this. And uh, it was very cool. I was very proud of them. Well, good. So let, let's start off with talking about that. Uh, Frederick and Zarley, um, tell me how the connection was made uh, where you were able to get John to sing. Well, it, it was actually a, a dream for a long time. Uh, because we, we started out as a band uh, with a singer and a drummer, and then uh, they left and we had no singer, no vocalist. And uh, both me and Charlie, we, we love John's voice, and it's it's uh, one of the greatest voices I know at all. Uh, so so we, we asked him a few years ago on uh, Erland. I'm not sure if you remember. Yeah. Uh, we were playing a small venue. Really small. <laughs> and we ask you, would really you small, care yes. to do something with us? And you say, ah, oh, maybe send it to Sue. And and then uh, some years went by, and and we actually send it to Sue. <laughs> so I met you guys a long time ago, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. So I made a big deal out of three three <laughs> minutes ago, the first time I've seen you. Well, that's what I get for opening my big mouth. I'm sorry. Uh, well, it's good to see you guys again. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Thank you. You too. So uh, talk to me a little bit about the style. Um, it's labeled as gothic metal. Um, yeah. how, how would you describe gothic metal to someone who hasn't heard gothic metal before? Uh, it's like we, we put together all of the elements we love in, in heavy metal. Uh, so it's John's voice, but also I'm a big fan of, of uh, gothic metal like uh, Save Machine and the more symphonic stuff and uh, like Evanescence. Uh, and we try to 
bring out the heaviness of, of the more uh, extreme and, and the beautiful uh, elements of the gothic metal and symphonic metal and, and then uh, the best voice in the world, Jan, <laughs> and try to create something... Uh, yeah, something that we we think is uh, it, it's like uh, going back to the first kind of music I I love, and then bringing the elements from the heavier music and bring them together and try to do something heavy and poppy at the same time. Yeah, because we we also have a background in extreme metal. We play in another band called Shadows of Paragon. The T-shirt he's wearing. And so we're used to playing like really like fast and, you know, yeah, daily with black metal, whatever you want, but it's really fast. And we, uh, even though we, we like that stuff too, we kind of wanted to step back and do something more like simple, more basic and something that can, uh, you know, maybe we can get more listener, more commercial because that type of music only, you know, applies to so many people or whatever. So it was a little bit, uh, you know, we wanted to try to reach a bigger audience also. Sure. Well, it's great. They all hate me. Don't you assume the world's against you? Could be admiration or jealousy. You're not a need of their approval. Created in an image so perfectly. Don't you assume the world's against you? Could be admiration or empathy You're not in need of their approval Try to love yourself and please don't be Your own worst enemy So John, talk to us about what it was like Because I've I've listened to you since you began. I didn't know you, you didn't know that for many years, but I listened to you just about everything you've ever done, and you've done guest vocalist appearance. I I, I, I think of Project Damage Control. I think of a lot. Of, then now we have the Jay Seculo Band, Union of Sinners and Saints. Um, your solo stuff. You're singing all the time anymore. It's just that's just the way it is. Uh, but what was this like singing this style? Was it different for you? Well, uh, when when these guys came to me. Uh, through the internet and explained to me that uh, they were actually raised as, uh, you know, in it, basically their family's ministry. And when I heard that, it, it, it just warmed my heart. When, whenever I know the family is committed to that kind of thing, I wanted to make sure that if, if I could be part of their, their vision, their, their dream, I wanted to be. And so that's, that's risky stuff. I hadn't heard their music at all yet. And when I heard it, I'm going, okay, that's a little bit of stretch for me. Then again, it's not uh, because it, it uh, felt good. It felt right. And I knew that they're, they have a ministry heart. That's all, that's all I cared about. Ministry heart. They want to, they want to use music to reach, the, uh, reach people with the gospel. And I said, okay, I, I hope I can do my best for them. And, uh, and it worked out well, I think. Uh, they did a great job of mixing it. Uh, then even the uh, the vis visual, they're they're good at visual. I mean, they they do a good job of editing. Uh, their um, uh, videos are are cool. Um, so it was just nice to be part of that. I just uh, you know when you do something like this, it's always a stretch. You never know. Uh, I've never done a, a 
black metal type of thing before a goth or whatever. But it really was to me. It wasn't. I mean, their music was very cool. I I just mm. it it fit well. It stretched me a little bit. And she's a good singer. And I, she gave me samples of what she would like. And I said, oh, shoot, I can do that. No matter how many tears you cry, maybe your heart has been broken beyond recognition. You feel like your heart has been damaged beyond repair. Just when you started to feel like your life would be all right. The light at the end. I noticed with the with the gothic metal, um, it definitely um, has some elements that are familiar with classic rock, or yeah. um, you know, especially on the vocal side of things, because it, it, mm-hmm. they 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 weren't asking you to go screamo or anything like no, that. No, you know? I mean, they didn't ask me to scream my lungs out. They asked mm-hmm. me to sing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, to me, I'll be honest. To me, gothic metal is that's not what I thought it was going to be, and. Mm-hmm. And hearing what they just said, they they wanted to take gothic metal, but they wanted to try to bring it into uh, more of a uh, a popular where, where it's more acceptable, mm-hmm. which is smart. It's being it's being trying to reach with the label, but trying to reach to a more general populace, which I hate that term, but but right. uh, try to reach more people. It, it's just a smart move, and I, I uh, really appreciate it, respect them for it. Yeah, sure. Now, John, you mentioned earlier about the ministry was what connected you to them. So, mm-hmm. um, Zarley and Frederick, uh, how about you share a little bit about uh, your background and your history in ministry itself that goes beyond music? Well, uh, let's start with uh, through most music. We have been trying to tell people about the gospel for many, many years. and uh, But all those years, there's been one thing that has been, uh, to me, important, and it's... Uh, uh, when we started this project, we asked ourselves, what do we want to do? And we had some visions musically and some visions spiritually. And one thing that we both agreed on was we want to do something like Petra, because Petra's lyrics is relevant to us today. Mm-hmm. Uh, albums that they wrote like uh, 30, 40, 50 years ago still mm-hmm. speaks to us in our lives in different situations and of course, uh, our album is focused on uh, how God helped us through depression and anxiety, and mm-hmm. and how God is the way through uh, uh, that dark kind of uh, emotions. Mm-hmm. But but still, we want to do something that is relevant even when uh, time goes. Uh, and and I think uh, uh, the ministry is uh, an important part of that because it's it's actually. God who is relevant and what God mm-hmm. speaks to people and how God uses us. So uh, I think that's a part of the question. And I let Charlie 
I wanted to share a little bit about like my background and my first connection to Petra because I started listening to Petra when I went to boarding school in Tanzania where my parents were missionaries at the time and I was maybe like 10 years old and uh, it was beat the system somebody had gotten hold of and copied we had we didn't have any originals it was just like mm-hmm. these copied tapes you know that have been copied like 10 times but yeah, yeah. so all of us would copy that and when we love the beat the system and it's still a very special album for me um it's not even about the music you know it's just the way you felt that time and i i think it's great musically but it's like it's so much more and so that's what was the start for me and of course all of us thought it was kind of strange it was a swedish school and we would pronounce it petra and that's like the you know name of a woman and we didn't hear a woman sing so we thought it was a little bit strange but whatever we loved it you know <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> and then uh, years went by and i kept following petra and all of a sudden they had a new singer and i i i love the old guys so i was like what is this new guy gonna be like and i heard john's voice and i was like oh my gosh this is this is not worse. This is so great, you know. From that time, I I loved your voice. Thank you, Carol. Yeah, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. And you know, I remember that. I remember that year myself. I remember as soon as we heard that Greg X Vols left, everybody was on edge, going, "What's going to happen to Petra now? What's going to be next?" And then we hear this guy named John, and and I, I had the same reaction you did. I was like, "Wow, this this is going to be great." And from then on, you know. Petra was amazing. It had such an impact on your life all the way in Africa. It had impact on my life, several of my yeah. friends. Um, it's it's just been amazing to see how much God has used that music and the message um, over the years. So, which leads me to my next thought, um, specifically in your culture where you're at. Um, how is the the music that you do received currently, um, both in the style as well as um, the uh, uh, the ministry also. Well, I think um, we we live in a small town. You know, we don't we we don't play live here or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been like with our previous bands as well. We always try to go worldwide. You know, to reach an audience everywhere. And uh, so uh, we we haven't received a lot of attention here in Sweden. But there's okay. not so much. You know, uh, right. but some people have heard it and some people love it. You know, what can I say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, the, the scene was bigger in Sweden like like 20 years ago and there is still a sub scene but it it's uh, not as big as it used to be. Hmm. Yeah, you know, and I I've, I've noticed that with a, talking with a lot of artists that we are definitely getting into that age because you know, here I am interviewing you all three of you and you did all of this remotely is my understanding uh, with having John add the vocals where we didn't have that technology before um to be able to do that. And so now you are able to produce music. It goes out right away. Uh, you don't have to wait for the record co- record stores to get it and have a contract and send it out. All of a sudden, people can go to Spotify or any of the streaming services and listen to what you do, what you do um, which is encouraging because it's definitely a different world when it comes to releasing music today um, than what it used to be. And I like John. John, I like like your thoughts on that because you live through all the different genres and eras. Um, what is your, what are your thoughts on the current way music gets out there? Well, I think, okay, I'm, <laughs> there's a love hate relationship here. Um, yeah, yeah. The internet to me destroyed mu- the, the music business the way it used to be, where actually a musician, uh, an, an artist, a uh, recording artist could make a living. Mm. Uh, it pretty much 
it stole the income from that for individuals. But on the same hand, it gave new artists a chance to be heard by a whole lot more people than they would have before. Mm. Uh, is it as efficient? I don't know. Um, living through both, I'd have preferred the past. Sure. But, uh, but on the other hand, for me, been there, done that. So this is sort of a new type of thing for me. And it does give me a chance to uh, meet folks like this, to be able to, to do that. My prayer is that people can hear them because, and they do get out worldwide. And there's, you always have to have that one, that one thing that happens that opens it up for you. And then the momentum picks up and it, it can be a major success. It's very hard, but in the past, uh, when you had a record company, that was still very hard. I mean, mm. record company, not you put a record out, doesn't mean it's going to be a success. It just means yeah. that somebody spent a lot of money and you lose it. Mm -hmm. uh, but here, I, I'll be honest, I wish I knew what the secret was because then, then my solo my solo album would be sitting in a garage, you know, but uh, I haven't figured it out yet. So, But I do know that they have a chance to get it out to the world and the world can choose whether they want to hear it or not. And that's Anything a major plus. Is that you know because um i just posted something on uh, my twitter account about two weeks ago because i have a 2008 honda pilot that has the six cd changer in it and and what's amazing about it is that i don't have to wait for anything to connect i don't have to wait um uh, i don't i don't have to plug anything in i don't have to wait till it charges um i put the cd in it plays and it's probably going to last longer than the vehicle most likely and i and i, I posted out i said it's a lot like my grandmother's vacuum cleaner you know my grandmother's <laughs> vacuum cleaner lasted from the time i was born until she died <laughs> years later right so i mean that, that, that when we talk about the physical sense of music is my point with that you know where now it's like you just like in the, john said in the old days you had the same thing you had the opportunity but it's almost like it's increased it more where people can scan albums now instead of actually listening to the music and listening to the message so you go to a uh, spotify link you click on something you listen to the introduction and say ah no i don't like it and you skip on move on to something else mm -hmm. right and and that's not as beneficial as a cd or something where where they're kind of for lack of a better word, almost forced to listen to it. And then, oh, this, there was more to it than what I realized, you know? I see the vision. I hear the whole package. So, okay, I like it. I mean, for instance, yes, exactly. a, a CD, sometimes it's 
when you do a CD, I, when I do one, I think of it as a live concert. Mm-hmm. And it starts from the beginning to the end. And every song has a purpose mm-hmm. or it's designed, uh, not, ne- not necessarily when I wrote it, but, but when I have the package of 10 songs or 11 songs, I try to put them together as if I was playing a live concert. Yes. Momentum change and shift and stuff. So if if you don't have the chance to hear the whole record or the whole CD, you miss the concert. Right. And then it gets right. down to a song. I mean, if the intro doesn't interest you, well, there's a purpose for that intro, and you're gonna and it's gonna max out as you go into the song. But like you said, if they don't like the end, bam, you never hear it. So again, uh, the internet's a plus and a minus because it doesn't cost you a thing to get a free that's another free 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 uh it there's no commitment you know and if there's no commitment there's no there's no wealth i mean there's no Join us next week to hear the conclusion of this awesome interview with Soundless Whisper and John Schlitt on the Wild Man and Steve show with the Wild Man and Steve. The Wild Man and Steve show is now partnering with New Release Today. Find out more about them at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to check out our website where you can also leave us a review at wildmanandsteve.com. Sounds like rock and roll to me.